of reminders before we get into today's episode remember to like comment share subscribe and download today head over to the website stressdepressedanxious.com there you can leave me voice messages comment on the episode sign up for the mailing list where you can get alerted whenever i post my weekly wednesday blogs you can listen to the episodes right from the website or get links to all of your favorite listening platforms and so much more If you are enjoying the show, also consider to leave a rating and review, especially if you're listening via Apple Podcasts. This helps to highlight the podcast and widen our reach so that we can make more people feel less alone and join our lovely community. So I'd really appreciate your support there. Also, if you are enjoying the show, please consider making a monthly donation of $10 a month to the show. You can do this via buymeacoffee.com slash sdanxious. If you go there, you will see the option to become a member. There are some member benefits, or you can make a one-time donation to the show. Either way, it'll be so appreciated. This will help to improve the quality of the podcast and also helps you fund this little side project that I have going for the podcast. Um, I would again so appreciate your support. Also, I want to mention that I just dropped my first Patreon exclusive episode this weekend. If you want to go over to the Patreon and go ahead and support, become a Patreon member, that would mean the world to me. There are tons and tons and tons of member benefits via Patreon. And of course, that episode is now available. So again, your support would be so appreciated. So that's it. And uh, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stressed, Depressed, and Anxious with your host, Local Neighborhood Baby. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Abigail. Abigail, won't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Abigail. I'm from the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast, where we talk about relationships. Um, It's really fun to be here. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. I am so excited to have you on here. I actually was a guest uh, prior on the Manic Pixie Pixie Weirdo podcast with Abigail, and it was such a fun experience. And um, I had to have you on my podcast, obviously. So it's super nice that you agreed to come on. Oh, thank you so much. Can you tell everyone where to find your podcast when it when your episodes normally drop and any of your social media handles? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, the Twitter is at MP Weirdo Podcast. Um, the Instagram is the underscore main underscore weirdo one. Um, you can find my podcast on all the places, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, um, Google, iHeartRadio, all the places, um, and YouTube all the places. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> all nice. the things. Yes. And I highly recommend this podcast. I highly recommend everyone go check it out. Um, she does talk about mental health topics as well and her relationships to different things in life. And it's just definitely worth a listen for sure. 10 out of 10. Well, thank you. 
All right. Well, today's topic, we're going to be talking about dreams. Okay. Dreams, nightmares, daydreaming, all of those things, because if you can believe it, um, there are some mental health disorders centered around um, dreams themselves. And of course, uh, we want to talk about the impact of mental health on your dreams and how that you know they affect you in your waking moments. Um, so I'm really excited to explore this topic with you, Abigail. Um, I think it's interesting and I, I don't think a lot of people actually know um, too much about about this. Yeah, I don't I don't think a lot of people do. I personally haven't dived completely you know into it just because I've never been diagnosed with it um, like chronically. Um, any sort of like dream disorder, but um, it's something that I'm very interested in. So let's do it. Okay. Well, first off, uh, let's touch on uh, maladaptive daydreaming because this is something that I had experienced. Um, so maladaptive, maladaptive daydreaming, um, which is also called excessive daydreaming, mm -hmm. is a, a disorder and it's a form of disassociation where you're absorbed with excessive fantasy. That's not uh, really, it's not really recognized um, fully by any major medical um, or psychological criteria, but it can result in distress and it can replace human interaction. It interferes with normal functioning such as social life or work. Um, so basically it's excessive daydreaming to the point where it affects you, uh, it affects your daily life. Like you just can create whole worlds, um, in your daydream and you kind of completely disassociate and just sort of disconnect from your reality, whatever it is. And you're unable to do anything else except for excessively daydream. Yeah. Um, it seems very much like the ultimate form of escapism, like escapism can come in many forms. You know, you can do it through listening to podcasts, watching TV, any of those kinds of daydreaming is a form of escapism. Um, but it's sort of like in the, I would assume in, in the most extreme cases that it is just like the ultimate form of escapism where you just sort of get like trapped in like literally inside your own fantasy oh yeah absolutely i mean um i'm just gonna list off some of the early signs okay it's highly vivid and immersive daydreams abnormally long daydreams that are hard to escape and inability to carry out daily tasks daydreams triggered by external events or stimuli such as watching a film or listening to music sleep disruption and insomnia just to name a few but you're absolutely right it is a high form of escapism um for me it had started in early childhood and i think a lot of times when you develop these disorders it can happen as a result of like a lot of things trauma and trying mm -hmm. to escape your reality um and then it just gets to the point where of course it becomes more of an issue um unfortunately so I, I had experienced that um, as a kid and um, it's exactly as they say. I mean, I used to disappear in my head, um, pretty much do absolutely nothing else uh, for long periods of time and not really 
I, I started to like kind of more self-isolate, um, not really want to engage in anything anyone else had going on. When I would watch a TV show or read a book, it would just give sort of like inspiration to my daydreams and then I would just kind of discard it and just disappear and escape in my own mind. Um, which it is a, it was a coping mechanism, but it also, again, kind of turned into something that was, what was taking over, you know, my day to day to a point where it became debilitating. Oh yeah. Um, I probably had a form of that, um, when I was in like junior high and high school, I have very, very vivid memories of just like kind of sitting in bed doing nothing but really I was just like in my head escaping and like daydreaming you know like if someone walked into the room it would just be me sitting on my bed but in reality I was somewhere else you know so and yeah and and honestly you know a lot of people daydream most people have had daydreams to a certain extent I think um I don't think that it becomes any sort of mental health issue until it until it starts to become debilitating and affects you like where you're not able to function day to day but most of us daydream and even the concept I mean I I just enjoy you know the concept of daydreaming itself you know the fact that you can disappear into your own head is pretty comforting in theory right that you can just (laughs) take your take a break in a sense and like go into another world of your own making um, I think that's kind of amazing that we as human beings can even do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, for me, I find that that's where I'm most creative, ironically, when I'm building my own worlds and I'm not living in like the real worlds. I feel like that's where I'm most creative. And that's where some of my uh, like some of my best ideas come Same. from. And it usually comes I find it happens more to me. Like I daydream more when I'm in a depressed or um, like a very manic depressed state. When you need uh, this I state, don't know yeah. why that is. I wonder if there's some sort of correlation there, but that just seems to be. And then of course, coming out of it is when I get, when I start getting all my like most creative and some of my best ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see, you know, how that would happen in a depressed state. I think that, you know, that could be a time where you are being depressed, you're already sort of disconnected with reality and not really uh, wanting to face it. So I could see that being a time where you sort of escape into your own head um, and create another world where uh, it's easier for you to deal with that. Yeah, that is it. Again, I think a lot of it's so funny because I feel like a lot of mental health illnesses um, and issues at their core are good coping mechanisms in a way. Right? Yes. Um, like except they it actually just serve excessive. like a good functioning like purpose, you know, like a survival purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I it, and I think for the time that you need it for, it's good. Um, if that's keeping you alive, but then it's when the when it continues and when you know past the time that you you need it to, and it becomes like so excessive is when it it's more of like an illness. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, which sucks. But at the right. time, it's like it's great because when you get that depressed, you know, instead of really engaging in negative thoughts or you know doing anything to harm yourself, 
if you can escape into you like your fantasy world i don't think that there's really in theory like an issue with that you know what i mean right yeah i don't have any sort of issue with that you know because to yeah. me that i i look at that as like well that if that's what you need right now who am i to tell you no you can't right exactly you know? exactly and and i always say i say this a lot um you know it's it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. And for like a really super long amount of time. And that's sort of where I, that's where that line is for me, where it becomes, where, when it starts to affect my day-to-day life, when it starts to affect, you know, my ability to work or, you know, do the things that I like to do or not necessarily need to do, but want to do. That's when I know we have a problem, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's so I feel like um, especially with daydreams, um, it's interesting too. like what we make up in our head. I feel like does say something about us in a sense, you know, oh, yeah. um, where you escape to. And I, I don't think, you know, people talk about their dreams a lot, like the dreams that they have at night um, mm-hmm. when they're asleep. But people don't so much talk about their daydreams. I haven't really had a good conversation with someone about like a daydream that they had. You know, people are more reluctant to talk about that. Why do you think that is? I feel like it seems more personal. Like it's almost more intrusive. Um, Yeah. I feel like at least that's sort of like that's that would be my guess. Um, as to why we as human beings are more reluctant to share like our daydreams, because I think there is an element to when we are asleep, there is that part of us that's like, well, I'm asleep, like I'm not conscious. So I don't, you know, if I have a really scary dream, I need to talk to somebody about this, you know, because I, there's a sense of, I didn't have, there's a certain amount of control that I didn't have there. Whereas with a daydream, it's like, all your control. This is your world. You built it. You created it. You created the fantasy. Like, and letting somebody into that is very requires a lot of trust. I think that's really that's so interesting that you say that. It for me, um, I do enjoy writing, and it almost it like you saying that almost feels synonymous with like when we read works of fiction. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes. Isn't that interesting? Like, because I've always it's almost like letting you into a daydream. Yeah. Yeah. I've always sort of associated those two. I've always um, like for me, that's kind of how I don't know if this is true or not, but this is kind of in my daydream or my fantasy world that I built. Um, I think works of fiction are us getting to read other people's daydreams. So like any like Tolkien like so Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, all any of those good fantasy hunger games, like those, those to me are like glimpses into other people's daydreams. They just happen to like bother to write them down and share them with us. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's really interesting and actually pretty brave if you really think about it, that they're sharing those things with us um, through their fictional works. That's, that's really um, interesting. So with that being said, is there a daydream <laughs> that you would that you would like to share here and now? Sure. Um, my daydreams are pretty wild. They go kind of all over the place. 
Um, and how I justify that in my world is I say, nobody else has to understand it. It only matters if I understand it because it's my world, um, which is probably not the best, but uh, one of the most recent ones that I have is I'm sort of in a place right now where I'm just over like the news and politics. And I, a very oversimplification of it is that like, I'm just, I really need to know what, why we need the rich. And so my fantasy, my daydream has been like, well, maybe we just like ship the rich off into space cruises and they just leave earth. What happens? And then I sort of like get into, well, what would, what would that look like with that? If we did that, like as a society, well, how would that work? Would it work? I don't think it would work. Not well. It would be very scary. Like, so I just kind of go train of thought. That's just like one of them. And then like, what, like once the, once the rich are out, then what do we do? We have, you know, you have all these other people left who aren't rich. Now, now what do the rest of us do kind of, and how would that work? What goes into that? What does that look like? You know, I'll just those kinds of things. That's, so that's sort of what I'm working on right now in my daydream. It's weird. Hmm. That's really, <laughs> no, that's really interesting. When you're, when you're saying that, it makes me, it does make me think, cause I'm like, look, I, I have like mixed views about um, rich, poor, capitalism, all of that stuff. Right. Um, I think I have, we all do. Yeah. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't see um, the rich people as enemies or as necessarily greedy, you know, mm-hmm. people. I think that there are rich people that choose to be that way. And I think it's when, you know, you're rich and you are actively, you know, trying to keep other people from reaching the level that you're at, I think, and is when, and treating people who are not at your level poorly, I think is when you, you're, you're become more of like a villain you know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. it's like, okay, if you're if you're a billionaire and for example, like you own Amazon, right? Right. <laughs> or Facebook or any of these like, you know, mega uh, wealthy, yeah, super wealthy co- corporations and you're not paying people living wages, you're not giving people benefits that would allow them to live, you know, right. healthy lives at the very minimum. You know, you're not doing those very base sort of human compassion things and you have so yeah. much wealth to where it's not gonna it's not gonna um affect you to do those things right um in any negative way then i feel like yeah that's where you become more of a villain because you're right. choosing you know you're choosing this now absolutely yeah and that and that but if you're just rich and you know you're doing right by the people if you have anybody employed you're doing right by them and you're making your money and it's whatever I don't oh, see, yes. you know, kind of like any sort of enemy, like, oh, I hate you kind of relationship with that. Right. I feel like whatever, you know, even people I see complain about rich people with their kids. They're like, oh, my God, you know, they buy their kids, all this stuff. Like there's poor people like, what do you need? That? And I'm like, look, I think that, you know, if everyone <laughs> was that wealthy, you would be doing things to ensure that your kid had a good life and a comfortable life. So I don't see anything wrong with that either. I think oh, you have no. to teach them values. You know, there's the other right. side of it, but like, I don't see any problem with that. So I'm like mm, in the middle. Cause I know that there's a lot of people who just straight up, like can't stand like well, people of that wealth. Yeah. I don't think that you're wrong though. 
And see, to me, part of the daydream and part of the, like the fun part for me, the part of the daydream that makes it, you know, worth living in is asking those questions. And to me, it's boiled down to the real enemy is money. If we're, if we have to pick an enemy, the enemy is money because we as human being, we are all just human beings. You know, you see those like magazines, those like pop culture magazines mm-hmm. that, um, you know, those, there's always some section in there where it's like, look, they're just like us. And it's like, oh, well, of course they are. They do. They have to eat. They do have to go to the grocery store. It's a thing <laughs> they have to do. Yes. <laughs> That's, they're just human beings who just happen to have a lot of money. And socioeconomically, um, it's interesting because the statistics for things like um, abuse uh, of any sort. So that's, that's either like physical or like addiction abuse kind of a thing. Um, verbal, mental, spiritual abuse just across the board, whether it's a substance mm-hmm. or physically or something, is the same percentage whether or not you have or don't have money. Yeah. And and a lot of people talk about that, too, like how money doesn't solve all your problems and things like that. Right. It doesn't. But what's more interesting to me about that statistic is that that doesn't that. Yes, we all know money doesn't buy happiness. The difference between when a rich person is uh, being abused versus somebody who is like in a poor of a poor socioeconomic class is there's more silence surrounded because you have more to lose. So people won't speak up. It's frowned upon. You can't speak up there. It's also money is also incredibly alienating. There've been studies done that money is incredibly alienating. And as you go higher up that ladder, like of the financial ladder, you don't get more happy you get less empathetic, but you also get more afraid and more fight or flight. Those instincts come out more viciously in you, um, just like they would at the bottom. You don't really see that in what would be considered like middle class. You see that at the two extremes at the top and at the bottom. Yeah. And so it doesn't. And so that's why I've kind of come to the conclusion that no, no, we're just all people. And the real, the real enemy here is if anything, it's money. And it's that we all decided that we have to live off this thing called money. And what would happen if we just all collectively decided to be like, you know what, this money thing isn't really working out for a lot of people. So what if we just got rid of that? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about that either. I hear that a lot, that money is the root of all evil and things like that. Oh, I don't think but, it's the root of all evil. <laughs> well, yeah, that yeah. I mean, people generalize with that, and and yeah, I can yeah. see how money has caused like a, a lot of issues. Uh, it, pretty much everything that you pointed out. But um, when I watch, because I I'm always you know in some of my fantasies, it, it's it, it has a lot to do with disasters. Yes, you know. Yes, and w- any disaster movie that I've watched or any TV show, let's take it to like The Walking Dead, which is a popular one that everybody, you know, sort of used to I've watch never or whatever. I've actually seen it. Thing- oh, okay. So um, <laughs> I mean, uh, well, well, just briefly, it's, you know, zombie apocalypse, it, you know, kind of. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- right. Yeah, reduces the world to like, um, you know, back down to survival. There's nothing really except for trying to survive. 
And anytime I watch anything like that or explore that concept, what I start to realize and, and even what happened in that show is that people become the enemy a lot of the time more than the monster. Because what happens is, you know, money and that flight or flight and, and that alienation that you're talking about, totally true. But the reason why is because you have more. So people now want what you have because you're able to purchase more. The money enables you to purchase all like more things that you want, more resources. Right. And people want that. They envy that. And so it makes you have to protect yourself at all times and you can't trust people and their motives. But even if you took away the money, your resources, you know, and, and if you look at the world, even in its, its more archaic states, like there's good people and there's bad people. Yes. And unfortunately, you know, there's an idea of like, you know, if we all have access to all these resources, like everything will be okay. But unfortunately, yeah. like there's all, there are these bad people that exist. And what they do is no matter what, if you give everybody the same amount of resources, they still will thirst and lust for power and control and so they'll try to take your resources and take more resources and go across the world which is what people did historically anyway and right. kill people take everything that they have you know just just pretty much for the fuck of it right like pretty much oh, yeah to be more powerful than someone else to have more than somebody else that's just the the money is a almost like a personification of that want right. that greed you know that people just naturally some of these people naturally have and unless we can get rid of all of those kinds of people which you'll never know who they really are until right. they show their hand um, then the world will never really be a peaceful place, whether you have money or just not money. It doesn't even really matter. Actually, I think the money makes it more civilized. I think the oh, concept yeah. of capitalism, as fucked up as it is, makes it more civilized. Because when you take that away, people go back to like, okay, then I'll shoot you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, like, yeah. Well, but that's why I think it's a human problem. Yeah. This is really a human problem. And to me, the answer that I have so far found, again, this is all in my head in my daydreams. Like, I know, these are I'm the things I'm like, your, I'm just exploring your yeah, daydream right now. <laughs> like, it's weird. It's just like, you know, and obviously one of many. But anyway, but I think it's a human problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason that it has and, and how we and so how do you solve a human problem? Well, that's where it gets really messy and gray, but that's where I like to go. I like to go to those places and I've where I'm at sort of right now with solving the human problem of it all is I think it has to do with what we as a global society as a because we are all of the human race and that's what unites us that's what keeps us all we're all one singular you know organism kind of a thing we all are human beings and i think what it has to do with is what we've decided to value we've decided for through thousands of years we have all collectively decided that greed and conquest and brutality those are the things that we value. The more you have, the better you are. That's what we've decided is what we value as human beings. Um, and so what would happen if we all decided we don't value those things? We value kindness. 
We, we, we value kindness. We value compassion. We value empathy. We value human lives, um, over, you know, how much stuff you have. We like, what would happen if, and, and obviously in my head, it starts off, it never starts off big. It's always, cause you have to start small. So what happens if we started small, eventually it would grow. And, and, you know, I'm always saying, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet. The chances that I'm the only one that has thought about this or is thinking about it or, you know, likes the idea of changing what we value is very low. I'm not, there's no way I'm putting money if I'm in Vegas on that I'm the only person thinking this. So, yeah, I just feel like what happens if we just decide if we all, because we've done it before, we've done it with very small things. It's kind of like when all of a sudden, it seemed like all of a sudden McDonald's like started carrying salads and stuff. And it was like, no, no, it was because we all decided and, you know, McDonald's got the message. <laughs> so it can be done. And I just, I, I've, I've, I wonder what happens, what would happen if we all decided those aren't the things we value anymore. It's not working. It hasn't worked for thousands of years. And if it has worked out, it's only worked out for a few. And that's not okay with us anymore. We need something, we need to start valuing things that everybody can get behind. And not just what a small collective exclusive group of people decide. I don't know. I mean, I 100% (laughs) agree with you. I think that, you know, everybody listening to this would agree with you. And that I I also think that you're absolutely right. Um, This is called the snowflake generation for a reason. And the very reason is that uh, we're moving towards you know, younger people are thinking more about kindness. It's it's the idea of kindness that you're talking about that has produced, you know, even things like cancel culture, which a lot of people hate on, like holding people accountable for, you know, bad actions. And, um, you know, even though that has its own set of problems, but like all of those concepts that are coming out, you know, from a younger yeah. generation, I think speaks to the fact that people are trying to point out, like, be kinder, be kinder, be kinder. I mean, all this anti-bullying stuff that has come out, you know, where uh, where before people were saying, like, you know, bullying happens to all kids. You know, you just kind of grow up and it, it is what it is. And yeah, now people are okay. saying, <laughs> right, now people are more saying, like, no, that's not right. Like, and, and taking action towards it. I mean, it's, it is, you know, moving in that direction even more and more so. But right. I also think that and then what would happen in my mind is that, I mean, the world would be at peace and it would be a very peaceful place to be. Yeah. But, you know, my in my head, <laughs> it's a dark place. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately, when I think about if I when I go down that line of thinking that you're saying, I'm like, in order for that to take place, in order for that to happen, you have to do one of two things. You have to change because the there. I think there's a greater amount of people that are thinking the way that you're thinking than the I other people. So. I could be wrong, but I think so. But those other people are people who are in power because they because they care about right. being in power. Because right. people like what you're talking about 
they don't give a shit about being in power. They don't care about right. controlling well, they, other most people. Most of them don't want to. Most exactly. of them don't. If you were to ask them, like, do you want to be president? They're like, right. no, I would never want that job. They're very, exactly. They're very reluctant to lead. And so you now have a set of people who, the ones who are thinking that way are in power. If they're not in power, they're looking to take power. They're looking to do that by any means, whether it's through violence, wars, destruction, shootings, all kinds of stuff, right? right? And stuff that we don't want to engage in. So you either have to change their mind somehow, which is would be an incredible feat, or you have to get rid of them. (laughs) And if you have to get rid of them, you at some point become them because to get rid of them, you have to kill them all. And if you have to kill them all. (laughs) Right. Well, see, then that's where I am not okay with that, which is why a lot of people. Um. When I presented this idea with to my husband, he was like, it kind of sounds <laughs> like, like you want to that idea. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> no. kind of like it sounds a little bit like you understand that if you go down this path, like eventually it leads to burning the system down. And I was like, no, no, you misunderstand. I don't want to burn the system down. The system works for some people. And so who am I to take that away? I don't want to. I want to abandon the system. Let's start something new. Because this isn't working. And it hasn't been working for a very long time. So and true. there's no rule anywhere that I have found that says we have to do life this way. There's no rule that says you at, that be simply because you are born, you have to do life this way. You don't have to. We don't. So I don't want to burn it down. I want to abandon it. Let's create something new. And that the creation of it that's the hardest part. That's the, that's the hard part. That's the difficult part. That's the painful part. If they'll even let you, that's, right. that's another thing that my right. brain is like dinging. It's like, oh, well, even yeah. let you? because, well, because you think- it threatens them. It, it threatens, does. It, it threatens, threatens their them. way of life. Yes. And when you threaten an animal's way of life, what does it do? It fights, flights, or freezes. And we know they're not going to just like walk away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of why I'm sort of in the camp of, okay, well, if that's the way they want to play it, we don't want to play your game. So either fix the things and you, these are our, cause we have been held hostage. Everybody in this group of people has been held hostage by this system that you say we have to play by, and you're not even playing by the rules of the system that you created. So either you fix these things or we like have an understanding that you don't mess with us. We won't mess with you kind of a thing because <laughs> yeah, something has to change. Like something's got to, you know, something's yeah. got to give here. And we know they're not going to give. We know they're not. And they don't have, they, and I understand their position. It makes sense because they're fighting for their own lives too. But I feel like nobody else, like, we need more people going, no, no, we, but we also matter. Like we build all this stuff that you reap the benefits of. We create all, a lot of those that like, I don't know. I just feel like we have better people. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we have smarter people. Do. We have more creative we people. We have more intelligent people. We have, you know, like we have all the people, we have all the workers. We have all the people that are like doing the stuff. They just, you know, have the money and the resources to do it, which, by the way, the only reason that they have that is because we collectively decided that they could have it. I we can take that. that. We can take that power back. 
we can. I think we can definitely take that power back. It's just a, in my mind, it's a question of what would it take to take that power back? Because yeah. like you said, they're not going to give it up without a fight. Our weakest point is that we are we believe in kindness and we have yeah. these morals and values because guess what? They don't. And so that is a weakness in 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 that situation because then you um, don't want to do what it's going to take to take back the power because in order to take back the power it does take a certain amount of violence you know you could see that just in you could see the echoes of that when you look at things like all the peaceful protests that have tried to break uh, out over numerous uh, issues yes. and how that was responded to and how angry in turn it mm-hmm. made people who were trying to also be peaceful and how marginalized they became and are still becoming. Um, it's just, and it turns you into something that you didn't want to have to be. And you realize yeah. that like, there's no way to do this in a way that's just kind of kind and, and holds it upholds your values. You have to meet them, you know, where they are. And it's very unfortunate. And that's why it's still like a very slow, um, almost no, it's progress, but almost none, you know, because yeah. we're not, we don't want to do what it, what, it, what it's going to have to take, what they're forcing us to do. Um, and they know it there. It's like a standoff, you know, like you're not going to shoot me. I know you're not because you don't believe in fucking shooting people. And I do. And so it's, it's kind of like that. And that's why I feel like, you know, we're in this position in the first place because we don't want to, we don't want to engage, but it's, it's very interesting. I like your daydream. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah, no, it's, and I think about all these, all these kinds of things. And right now I haven't really figured out how to solve that other problem that you just brought up with the peacefulness. So that's where like superheroes come into it. (laughs) I'm like, I have nothing better. Like that's about as powerful as we would need it. I think we need some sort of like, you know, superhero situation where they don't hurt anybody. They just kind of like walk up and go, okay, so like everybody on this side's protected. And if y'all don't want to listen, then we're just going to walk away, but don't follow us. That would be so. And then all the people on the other side are like, oh shit, y'all have superheroes. Okay. (laughs) That would be so nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I like your daydream. I think it's a very interesting place to go, um, and to disappear off to. (laughs) Yeah. And and there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues to solve there. So I could see how that would take up hours of your time. I mean, it does. My, my daydreams are of like a darker nature. And I think you could probably tell. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Let's get it out here. Um, If you want. I mean, it's. Yeah, I'll briefly talk about it. Um, So my daydreams usually involve kind of exactly the opposite of of what your daydreams are. They're, you know, usually centered in a a world of crime um, where, you know, it's usually in a fictional centered around a fictional place um and it's usually a place where the the city or town or wherever is run by all criminals i mean you have you have people in power that are seemingly you know good people that you can trust but actually are very corrupt and then you know all the power players are all criminals um who you know people again they have the look and feel that people think that they're you know okay people there's rumors about them but they're actually criminal masterminds and they run this place um and it's a very dark place to live and to be and there's really nothing that can stop them 
from being the way that they are. They're constantly sort of um, pitting themselves against each other. And it's just a place where there are no heroes, you know, in my daydreams, there's no heroes. Um, And, you know, human beings, the human beings that my daydreams focus on are more of the monsters. And I really focus on trying to, even though these people are bad people, Mm -hmm. uh, quote unquote, I focus on like making them more dynamic and interesting so that if you read this as a story, you would have some of them that you would like more than others. Some of them are more evil than others. But if you read the story and you did choose one part, one or two characters that you really liked and you were rooting for, you would have to at some point be faced with the fact that you are rooting for somebody who is a well, bad someone you person. identify as most likely. Yeah, that you there's something about them that well, you you've just with. right. You've just figured out. I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. See, okay, a couple things. One thing how your, your daydreams sound like how I just view the world as a reality. Um, (laughs) that truly is how I just view the world as a reality. Um, I'm very, it's very dark. It's, it's dark to be me. Don't do it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that like, that is so, I love that daydream for so many reasons because it's like you said, at some point, you can, you, you may decide, oh, I really, I I like this character more than I like that one, but I like this. And then, and you do sort of, I feel just naturally start to pick somebody, like Mm -hmm. just choose. I feel like you sort of naturally just choose. And if you, I bet if you were to do some like self-introspection, like for me, I know that if I would, that if I picked, um, like I would pick, so like in like the Harry Potter series, if I was going to pick a villain that I want to like, that I was going to root for, it would be the Malfoy family um, or, Bellatrix, <laughs> or Bellatrix Lestrange. And the reason that I picked those is because I feel like they're the most interesting, but it, it made me think about like, why was I drawn to these specific characters? And what in me am I finding in them that I didn't know that I had and it's not necessarily good or bad it just is it's something about me but once I understand what that thing is I can now make a decision on whether or not I like this about myself or don't like this about myself and then I can choose what to do with that information after that so I have to do it as more of like a sort of a self-evaluation yeah but I feel I love that that's such an interesting idea I would oh my gosh you have to write that story I want to buy it oh I I, I've been you know slowly but surely putting putting that together for years now um but but it's always evolving and that's that fantasy that story's always and it's so funny you mentioned Harry Potter because I do want to say too that like in my mind, I wouldn't choose any of the the characters who were, you know, sort of cast as villains. I would take Sirius Black and I would make him a villainous character. Like I would turn him into a villain because of all the years that he spent in Azkaban. Yeah. I would make him sort of like 
sure he hates he hates the people who put him there um he hates the death eaters and all that stuff and Voldemort and all this, that stuff but the way that he would go about it would be not through good means he wouldn't right. he wouldn't like associate with um you know the people in the order who were trying to do things in like a in a moralistic way he right. would just go all the way off the deep end and like yeah well, as moral as you can be when in a fight, you know. Right, right. But he would go like all the way left. No morals, no scruples. Like I don't care. Oh. I spent twelve years for these people. He would. He would literally like murder um, oh. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew in like the coldest blood ever, well, and oh. he would just like just it would just be crazy it would be terrible he would like maybe turn lupin um you know kind of more on his side and roll with him and and, yeah. and they would just terrorize anybody who went up against them and he would just be this this very uh this person you could almost in a way sympathize with because i get it you really you like i get why he 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 sort of turned here and did this but oh, what yeah. he's doing is wrong so it's right. like because mm, well, like, I'm 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 thinking right now like well now the argument is well is it justified? Are the actions that he is are the means to the end that he is trying to get? Is it justified? Well, I, it, it depends on if you ever feel that revenge itself is ever justified, right? Right. Because they're the the well, end but is, re is but revenge and justice to me are two sides of the same coin. Because call right. it whatever you want. It's re if it's revenge to one person, it's justice to another. So it's all interdependent on who the individual is right. rather because than the circumstance. Into, like, like in my head, he would like go into like the um the government, the, the Ministry oh. of Magic, and he would like murder like most of the people in there. You know what I mean? Like that yes, kind of stuff. Yes. And it's like, oh, some of those people maybe were good people or whatever. But hey, guess what? They're all part of this government entity who totally screwed me and screwed right. a lot of people over. And you know what? They deserve to burn down. And so it's like right. what they sent me to Azkaban without a trial. Yeah. Right. You know, like that kind of stuff. Right. So it would be like it would be like mm, like there's a nuance in it. It's like, okay, well I kind of get it, but it's wrong. And then to show like like in, in my story i'd probably want to show or my daydream I'd, I'd want to like explore like the people that he killed their children and people that you care yes, about like characters like the that you aftermath. care about like yeah. what they what they had to go through because of that that massacre but right. you know what i mean like it right. keeps no. making you like oh my no, god like does. i don't even know how to feel like that kind of thing like that's yeah. what i like well yeah because because well because now you're asking you're not only asking the question is it justified but you're also asking the question can it be justifiable up to a certain point? Right. And then after that point, is it just you've crossed a line and it's completely wrong? Like, I get why you're doing this, but you're like, you got to stop here, dude. Like, can't be doing this. That's not OK. You right. know, and, and every and every beat of that daydream or story, I'd want to continuously do it, like continuously take it to a point where it's like, oh, my God, that's way too much. But then like take you back with the character right and 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 have and have and show a glimpse of his internal suffering and and what he went through with a particular person or a particular thing that someone right. did to him and keep making you feel sorry for him and keep making him do well, those that's his terrible why. actions yeah you know, everybody always asks well why why did this horrible thing happen why 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 it's his why because you've you, you're exploring this is the why and then these are the reactions to the why 
Right, exactly. It would keep I and mean, keep taking you back there. So it's right. it keeps yo-yoing you back into yes. like, oh, do you feel like you feel like you understand him so well, but then you also like it's so wrong what he's doing just to keep turning it on its head. You know what yes. I mean? Like that's yes, that's what I love is is that sort of thing too. Oh. Like that's what I would do with that. It would be so much fun. No, absolutely. I don't. I mean, even if you just wrote that as like a fan fiction, I don't read fan fiction, but I would read that fan fiction. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like I, I would read that. I would read the shit out of that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's can you amazing. imagine him trying to turn Harry? Like, look, are you kidding me? Like, you're just going to sit here right. and try to go to school and like whatever, p- put your head down every year. These people are going to try to kill you. No, <laughs> we're not you doing know, that. Let's go no. after every single last one of them. Right. Or let's just cut pun intended the head off the snake kind of a thing yeah exactly exactly so it, it oh. would be it, it would be like a very dark twisted uh version of what what would happen there and, and what could happen and even and even starting the story off with like now we're, go- we're going into all this sorry for anybody yes. who didn't read harry potter but like even well. starting the story off and like where harry and 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 harmony and uh, ron break him out of azkaban right so that they so that they're the ones who broke him out you oh. know but but you know then he starts to do all these things so it's like oh shit you right know what i mean like right we just did we just let you know the mad doctor loose kind of a thing like yeah oh, and oh. but still having him be that godfather caring person that does actually mm-hmm. care you know what right. i mean like it would yes. just be so so like fun yes it oh i love that Ooh, i like yours yours is good your daydreams are good that's just one that where i'm just thinking through now (laughs) oh no yeah absolutely (laughs) but no i love it usually it's totally dark usually it's just i had a um you know i just imagine people in a in a government uh position well in a in a uh city you know, that are all very wealthy, you know, somebody's maybe running like the whole gambling, they own all the casinos, everything having to do with gambling, they have a hand in all of it, somebody who um, is running all of the drugs, you know, um, they have a hand in all of that. And somebody who, um, right, but what would, because see, now I'm thinking like, what, what would it take to justify these things for me? Like, like, so the casino thing, like, what if this person, like, so he runs this casino, but uh, what he does with the profits for that money is like, he, he gives it away. Like he's, he creates a nonprofit and he like gives it away. So like, would that justify what he does as a casino runner? Kind no, of a thing? Well, I don't in, know. In, in my, fa- it may be, but in my fantasy, he's not doing any of that. I mean, he, all of them, all of them donate and stuff like that, just because oh, like they're yeah. public figures, but right. really um like he does this thing which i which i like to to think about um is that he he runs like a sort of under underground loan shark program so this is a guy that you can come to he grew up in like he grew up in a rough neighborhood um he didn't always have money at any way so he now he's this big you know casino guy and so he runs this loan shark program so anybody could almost anybody could come to him and request to borrow a certain amount of money um you know and it really is not is there's not a huge limit on how much you can borrow it just depends on the person um and once you borrow that money it's totally fine it's off the books you know whatever right but if you don't pay it back then um he sends out these people to go and collect it if you don't pay it they'll 
beat you up. They'll torture you. They'll kill your family. They'll do all sorts of things until the debt is repaid. Um, They could even sell you into like the black market or sex trafficking or anything. Um, And so, but you could always come to him if you have some sort of financial emergency. So it it's really it's really dark what ends up happening to a lot of people who come to him um of course and it it, that's one of the things that he does which I thought was like interesting because it's like okay you know he just thought about like this is there's been so many times that he's uh when he was growing up that he wished there was somebody he could go to or somebody that he knew to to get money from um but there's this dark side to it of course and yeah yeah, I mean all of them are kind of like what's the cost like, so right. if this is what you're going to do. This is what it's going to cost. This is what it's going to take for you to be successful. So like, you know, if you're willing, then by all means, you oh, know, well, for, for me, it, and it was sort of inspired by like modern day, what we have now with like, um, like payday loans and stuff like oh, that. And how yes. those are like an arm and a leg and sliding like your life away. If you go and take out a payday loan, right. right? On unsuspecting customers, by the way, for people that don't know what those are, it's horrible. Please guys don't ever do it that you no, don't, don't do it. ever do it, please. No, it's just, it's basically a program where if you have a job, if you're working in America, you have a job, you can a lot of times go to these payday loan places and you can give them all your information. Here's where you work. Here's your pay stubs. You, you know, here's how much you make and here's how much you'd like to borrow. And you're able to borrow a certain amount and they know when you get paid. So they'll be taking that money back from your check when you get paid. In theory, it sounds good. But a lot of times when people are doing these last minute emergency situations where they don't really have that type of money. So these payday loans, it's like a lot of times people end up not being able to pay them back. Um, Or once they take that payment, because like your check is, let's let's say your check was only, you know, a small amount in order to cover your bills and your monthly expenses at the very minimum. And so now that you've borrowed against yourself, well, when the time comes, they take that money. So now you're like, oh, now I'm now I'm short for this month or for, you know, whatever to my next paycheck. So you're going to borrow again. Mm-hmm. And then it just continues. This, and if you ever miss a payment, if you by you're, any chance get yeah. fired or, or whatever, you're screwed. They will yeah. <laughs> do everything to collect this money from you. And it is terrible. A lot of people have fallen into a lot of debt because of it. Um, and it just sucks. But like I take I took that concept. Yeah, and I made it even darker. Right. Well, because basically that's like legal loan sharking, essentially. Exactly. But this is like, yeah, your version is like, no, no, let's if we're going to do it, let's really do it. I I I, I took like what it feels like almost in my head. I was like, this is what that kind of what it feels like internally feels like someone's, you know, like literally destroying your entire life and your family life and things like that. So let's make it like reality in that that daydream. And so that's like, that was the concept behind that. And I just kept like exploring it further and further but yeah all these people are terrible terrible people are some worse than others one guy I even gave them sort of mental illness issues you know one guy is kind of like a you know so shows symptoms of like antisocial you know um disorder like sociopathy and one guy is more of like a psychopath he's like my most character that you would have a lot of um, issue empathizing with you wouldn't oh. it, it would take a very you know interesting person to even want to empathize with this character he's like very very dark so that's oh. one of the ones that's like maybe you would choose 
to like a, another character over him. Ooh, well, now but I they're all character. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I love that concept because it's essentially to going call back to Harry Potter. It's essentially like what would happen if you took all the Death Eaters and then decided you had to pick one to root for kind of, exactly. thing, you know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and there's never any heroes in this story in this story. In my head, I just make sure that like, you know, at no point is there any good even even guys that you I let you know I would let someone think if for a while is a good guy is always a bad guy is always you know right even characters that are like romantic interest or whatever um the fact that they're even associating with these people and are okay with it know and I make sure like they know to a certain degree like what these people do so that there's there's no like clean characters in this story so it forces you to sort of like take a look at you know who you're rooting for why you're rooting for them and why you're even drawn to the story at all um so it just explores the dark side of of human nature because I think like for me a lot of even my other daydreams um I find that I always start to think about my first line of thinking of daydreaming is like what would I do if there in this situation whatever situation if there were no consequences Yes, I love that. I love playing with that idea too. And it's always it. bad things. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh yeah, it's never good. No, it's, it's, it's never, never good. good. I mean, some people probably would be like, I would just, you know, bask in the sunshine and, you know, whatever. I always, for some reason, my mind immediately goes down to like these these bad things. Like I'd rob a fucking bank. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very like purge. Like what would happen if the purge was like not just one day? Yeah. What happens? Oh what God, happens the- if it's like just all the time? Like, like complete and utter chaos. Just like I love that's the kind of stuff that I oh, that yeah. disaster stuff is the kind of stuff that yes. I thrive on. I'm like right? the purge concept, first of all, great concept. I loved um, I I've, I haven't seen any of the other movies. I've only seen the first one and I don't watch scary movies, but I loved that movie it was yeah. so well thought out and done I loved it I almost thought we were gonna have that situation with Trump. oh my gosh I mean for real during COVID I was like it's coming we're like six months away yeah. you guys <laughs> yeah like it's bad yeah and and I do you can see because those movies like when it came out especially forced me to think like would people actually do this like you know would people actually uh engage in this and then you for start sure. to realize absolutely they would for sure. Oh my God. Of course you would. Even Although people in who today's are quote world. unquote good people. Oh, would, I yeah. Think no, I mean, you, you did, somebody go steal from a jewelry store. It's still a crime, you know, but you know, that kind of thing. Like, you know, even the best person you thought like who was just like a complete angel is, you know, there's, they're at least like hot wire in a car or something. I love too that there's no safety in it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you could stay in your house, but guess what? People could break in. Yeah. And you there's know? literally nothing we can do. So don't call us. You, you can't know? trust anyone. You can't trust your own family members, your own friends. You never know uh, what people are harboring against you because that's real right. life. Like, I mean, you just don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, so to have license to act on it, and right. you just don't, oh. you don't, that would make me all year never trust anyone ever oh do you my know what God. it would be like to live in a society that actually oh. uh, did that no like tr- distrust would be oh. at an all-time high you would not oh trust my God. anyone listen I don't think we exactly trust anybody now like I don't think we, I'm I pretty don't. sure we as a human race are we have just like massive collective trust issues but if you were to implement the purge 
I mean, what little trust remains between us is gone immediately. Gone, gone. I mean, I do you think, okay, because for me, in that type of society, I imagine myself isolating more because the less yes. people you have contact with it, the less people who you who think about you and the less people who think about you yes. are the less people are going to come after you. So I would like right? self-isolate as much as humanly fucking possible. Um, oh, yeah. And so like, I, I, do you think that a lot of people would do that or what do you, what would you do I don't with that in that situation? Know. I mean, I would hundred percent isolate. That was the first thing I was like, why do we have all these people around? That just seems like a bad idea. And my first thought was like, well, we just go to like a cabin in the woods, but that's a terrible, I've seen too many of those that's scary a movies. That's There's a, a movie horrible called cabin plan, in the woods. right? It's a horrible plan. <laughs> And so I like I've thought about it, but I don't know where exactly it would be that I would go because I would want it to be a I relatively live on a boat in the middle of the fucking ocean. <laughs> oh, well, that just shows you're more intelligent than me because I forgot about that. I forgot we had water on this planet. I was like, oh, it's not a thing. I, I mean, but then you have land. to think about it like let's like it makes it even harder if you think about it in terms of like your current yeah, socioeconomic status right now because oh, in yeah. theory of the purge you're living like how we normally live right now at like 364 days of the year and then one yeah. day is is the day where like everything is kind of up for grabs right. so like you still oh, have one, to make money yeah you still have to make money you still have to like do stuff i mean so that the makes whole idea harder. yeah the whole idea of like having it just sort of a year round, like pure chaos situation is so interesting because I don't know. I mean, cause, cause that, that sort of depends on the rules of the world that we're creating then, because that would mean that like, if I still have to make money, do we have internet in this situation and can I yeah. easily access it? You know, we have everything we have right now. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then, yeah, I think the boat is a good idea or you know where but i go it, i'd build what I'm a is fucking like, if you thing could get to, in... if you if you could get a boat you know what i mean like right which makes me go we're going to the mountains we're going to the top of a mountain we're just gonna like build our own little situation and in, in on the we're gonna be the grinch we're grinch doing we're gonna be the grinch like that's what we're doing yeah i would totally <laughs> have like an underground bunker or some shit like right? i don't even know like i don't know what i would do to be let, let me be real i don't know what i would do yeah um, i don't either i'm just thinking about this now which is yeah i know what would seem good to do but like if we're thinking about like who we are right now and what we have access to i'm dead I'm for We're sure dead. dead. I'm dead. I'm <laughs> First dead. of all, I'm dead based on the fact that like, I think that a lot of people have very um, strong reactions to me one way or the other. So oh, yes, me too. Yes. And I'm also like, I'm not a very friendly person. I'm not a mean person. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a mean person or an unkind oh, person. I, mean. I think I'm pretty kind, but like, I'm not a friendly person because I have trust issues. So I'm not like, you know, Oh my yeah. god, how are you? How are you doing? Let's yeah. be friends. Like I'm not that person, which sometimes throws people off. And I could I could e easily piss people off. I could, right. you know, yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm dead. I'm so dead. So well, you're a better you're person. So <laughs> so, I'm so dead. I mean, I yeah, my I have a similar life experience. You know, I'm very, it's pretty much, you know, you either you either like me or you don't. And there's not really a lot of like in the middle gray area people. Um, but I also don't have a lot of friends because I don't have, because I do have a lot of trust issues. Um, yeah. Same, same. And I don't so think I'm I just polarizing. Don't... I don't think that I'm polarizing, but yeah. I think that 
um, because I'm I I would would classify myself as more like exclusionary. I kind Mm -hmm. of feel people out because I do have trust issues. So I feel people out and I make a decision, a conscious decision on like whether or not I want to be their friend or not. And a lot of people don't cope well with rejection um, if they want to be your friend and you don't necessarily quite want to be their friend. They just like fucking go crazy. It was my experience. Um, so I could see like pissing people off that way. Um, cause I try, I always try to be nice to people, but I'm like, you could see the clear, uh, the problem with me, I think is that you could see the clear difference between how I treat people that I actually genuinely like and have a connection to and how I treat everybody else. So you could see that difference and that I could tell that a lot of times it bothers people. Like I want to be your friend too. And it's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't want to be your friend. Listen, I'm on the the Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. I'm on his rules, which basically say I have five friends and I can't I can't do anymore. It's too much work. I can't. I need low maintenance people in my life. That means that you can't be blowing up my phone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if one little thing is wrong, I can't like I can't do it, dude. I just can't because my life and my stress in my own head is already I'm already at a heightened sense of anxiety at all times so I can't be dealing with that all the time (laughs) no I'm the same way I feel the same way and and so I really uh, consciously choose my friends if for me to call you a friend I have to feel like I could come to you confide in you I have to feel like you're somebody that I can trust you know and I still don't trust people 100% but oh, yeah <laughs> but I trust you more than others and you know feel like we have certain things in common or whatever and you're not annoying me you're not bothering me I, those things matter to me um a lot yeah. and so yeah, it's not, I can tell, you know, right off the bat, a lot of times, like there's, it's not everybody I can be friends with. I'm kind to everyone as much as possible, Yeah, but I'm not everybody's friend. And yeah, yeah, sometimes that does bother people. I can tell it does. Um, And yeah, if it was a purge, I feel like those fucking people would right? go crazy. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. I'd be, uh, I'd be so dead. Yeah, Ugh. it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that would be tough. Man. And that's that scary really for me. That's scary for me to think about that because then I instantly, like, again, my dark, the dark part of my brain comes up and goes like, well, what if they were like, not nice about how they killed you? And I'm like, okay, no, 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 we can never have the purge because I don't want to die a slow, painful death. You guys. Nope. Oh my no, gosh. No. Yeah. I mean, people would, <laughs> if they're taking it part, if it's personal, because then you, exactly. you have those people who would just be going out on a killing spree for just to, just right. to be able to do it. Just but then you would have people who had a personal vendetta against you, which is scarier right. because they would probably, like you said, do worse things to you. Um, so it's just like, yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, I wouldn't want to associate with anyone because the less they think about you, the better, the less access they have to the better. It's just, it it would be awful. It would be. Yeah. I want to be like a hundred percent off the grid in the sense that like, we're not, we're not going to be friends. I don't need to know your name. No, I don't, don't tell me. I don't, don't want need, to get nothing. We're nothing. not doing lunch. I don't need you your couldn't phone even trust your fucking spouse. Right? You know what I mean? You in that oh. world, you could not because you know how many people oh, get pissed not, off at their husbands having, and wives. Right? Oh my gosh! And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna count on the fact that he's not gonna get pissed right around the time of the purge. I don't exactly. think so. No, I guess I'm exactly. just never having babies. I'm never having a you know. I'm dying alone. No, yeah, I'm dying you have alone. to. It's it's literally so isolated. You can't even trust your kids. You know how you know how teenagers get like oh, so pissed, dude. You cannot. 
Yes. No. 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 Can't there's do it. No, there's no. No. Way. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That. Yeah. That would be. That would be awful. What a nightmare. Oh my God. What a A nightmare. nightmare. A a, a nightmare. Speaking of nightmares. (laughs) I have night terrors. How often do you have nightmares, night terrors, things like that? I have night terrors. Um, I get flashbacks and my night terrors to like trauma and stuff. Um, It doesn't, it has, um, as I have gotten older, it has gotten better, meaning it hasn't, it doesn't happen quite as frequently. Um, so that's a plus for like those, um, I usually only get like nightmares. Um, if I'm a complete idiot and I watch like a scary movie, I don't like horror. I don't like scary stuff. I love horror. That's, that's, I like thrillers. I like like psychological thrillers, but I don't like like blood and gore and like really explicit, like sexual horribleness. Mm, I don't, you know, like I can't do that. Um, so I generally like, so I don't usually get nightmares unless I accidentally like walk into something that I shouldn't be in. Um, I gravitate more towards like, um, religious based horror. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, that and like psychological thrillers, but I don't do, yeah, I don't do like Chucky. Like I've never seen those. Oh, I saw, I saw that when I I started watching Chucky when I was five years old. Can you believe that? Oh my goodness. Marathons of Chucky, not on purpose, just because like my mom was a horror fan. And so like, we just, we just would sit there and like watch it with her because it was either like go to sleep. She would either be like, go to sleep or like you just watch it, but don't wake me up if you have a nightmare. Like that was how it was in my household. So we were watching, like, I vividly remember five years old, I'm watching like Chucky kill um the teacher in the closet like oh. like viciously stab like this is what I was watching it was it was like yeah like like ratings had nothing no meaning in my household oh. I mean I have mixed feelings about this um because <laughs> it's funny now but I'm yeah, sure, like at the time, you're like, no, there's some deep seated trauma here around like horror. Yeah, no, I, I think now I realize the gravity of it. I'm like, well, that could have really had a negative effect. And right. maybe it did. Who knows? But like, um, it, it, right. It, I guess I would say it resulted in me just liking horror. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, but which, I had a I mean, lot if of you're going to get a positive outcome. That's the one I feel maybe. Yeah, right. Like, you know, <laughs> like if something has to come out of it, I would rather it be the positive. Like, no, I'm just a fan of horror movies. Not like I'm going to go murder somebody, you know, exactly. something like some crazy, exactly. got some weird idea and was like, that looks cool. It's like, no. and it was so funny because like my mom would my mom and dad would fast forward past like any sexual parts, but they but everything else was fine. So it was strange to me. Okay. Um, Now when I think about it, I'm like, okay, yeah. Uncomfortable to watch, you know, any sexual parts with like your, with your, uh, your five-year-old kid, but you can let them watch the parts where like fucking killer doll is like slashing. And you know, that's a cultural thing, right? Like that's because like in England, it's different. It's flipped. You could, they have like boobies all the time, you know, like just showing on TV all yeah, the sex it's you not, want. It's not right. uh, overly sexualized. Yeah. Right. And then, but then violence is very like, no, no, we don't. That's not what we do here, even though. 
anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's really interesting too yeah it, and in my household it probably was a cultural thing it was a cultural thing and a religious thing too it was like okay oh, where yeah. we're gonna avoid sex um and it's so funny yeah. because now that i'm thinking about it, like they never once even like explained ever ever i do i recall a time when my, when my parents were explaining like this is just you know movies like no don't <gasps> engage in this like they never fucking like said anything about it there's no like disclaimer ever ever well see we just didn't have those kinds of films in my house because we're just like my mom and i are scaredy cats we just don't do scary movies we're not so we just never like i just didn't grow up in that we did grow up in like hist i did grow up in a very like historically based context like households i guess meaning like we watched a lot of historical fiction a lot of mm -hmm. you know like those kinds of things and i do i we had a similar situation we watched if anybody has either read the book so good or seen them film dr Zhivago. there's uh, never a, seen it it's 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 about the russian revolution and like a, it follows a doctor in um what used to be the ussr um to now kind of a thing or to like up to the um when it became the soviet union and it uh so there's violence there's like mass violence <laughs> i mean they show like bloody you know uh bloody sunday and like all this kind of stuff or not bloody sunday but it, the, the, it's just it's about it's a war movie it's a war film but there is a scene in there where um there's like sexual assault and um I remember my dad being like, okay, so for this part, you have to leave the room, but he like no explanation about mm -hmm. like from either one of my parents about like why I had to leave. It was just kind of like, we can't let you watch this. But then like the very next scene is like people shooting down like private civilians. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and I'm just like, but why did I have <laughs> that to leave? That part's fine. Right, you know? and I'm just, yeah. but I do remember having a very vivid memory of being like, I don't understand why I can't, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> but I also yeah. don't ever remember getting an explanation either. So those were the days, right? Those were the oh, times, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, like lots of watched a lot of like, um, you know, violence and um, gore and horror and like scary things. Um, and, and then I was told like, yeah, like you don't do not under any circumstances, wake me up. If you decide to watch this, it's your problem. Um, if not go to sleep. And of course, as kids, we'd be like, okay, I want to stay up right. and we watch it. And then I'd be having like terrible nightmares. Oh, um, yeah. and I knew I couldn't wake up my parents, you know, <laughs> and so oh, I was yeah. suffering, you uh... know, um, you know, with these terrible nightmares all the time. But I, I mean, again, still fan of horror. Like I will watch it anytime. And um, yeah, but but yeah. So back to your nightmares. Um, oh what? no, that's just so. I just don't usually get nightmares unless you know, like I walk into a situation like that where, like, walking back to a scary movie by accident or you know something really horrible happens on the news or something. You know, which is why okay. I don't watch the well, news. What about anymore. night terrors? But night terrors. Um, those happen more frequently when I was, like I said, younger. Um, it was like an every night thing. Like it got to the point where I have, I developed insomnia really badly. Um, it, I still have that problem to this day. Um, insomnia I, that will, I've been told that'll never go away. It'll just, I have to learn to live with that. Um, and, you know, adjust accordingly and that kind of thing, uh, which is fine. But um, 
like it would be like the night terrors were so bad that I um I wouldn't go to sleep like I was afraid to sleep so I I ended up developing insomnia because of that um and like I said it got it got you know when you're young everything feels horrible everything feels like the end of the world and it's not but when you're in it it feels that way and so I, I, I have a feeling that that was probably one of the reasons why it was so amplified during like junior high and high school was because, you know, hormones, all this stuff, you know, just happening. Um, but like now, uh, I probably get them down to maybe like once a week, which um, from being like every single time I close my eyes and like afraid to go to sleep, that's pretty good like I'd say I'm doing okay. So, um, yeah, I don't get them quite as often. I still get them though. Um, but I kind of take that as like a positive sign that, uh, I'm healing and, uh, you know, I might, it might not ever go away completely, but I am healing and it is getting better. Um, it's not affecting me like in an, in an, as of in as an extreme way as it used to. Um, it'll probably, like I said, always be there, but, um, I'm learning to work through it and it is getting better. So that's sort of like with, there's hope kids. Yeah, (laughs) there is, there really is. And it's not, it's not a big hope, you know, it's just because there is always that sort of, um, fear there that, uh, you know, it, it, this is something that I have to live with the rest of my life. And that can be very daunting um, because the rest of your life can be long. And, uh, but it, it, I mean, by getting better, by it's not like I, I can actually go to sleep now. I'm not afraid to go to sleep. So that's, I think, progress, progress, not perfection. Yeah. I mean, but progress is good. And that's, and that's great that you're, you know, slowly getting better. Um I don't know. I saw the last depiction of night because I I really never suffered too much from night terrors that I can remember. Um, I remember weird things like always having these weird feelings and dreams like my bed was levitating off the ground. I always felt like that. This very yeah. weird thing when I was really young, um, probably like five, six, seven years old. But um, that's not anything that wasn't anything too bad i um i had ones where i like would float like a hover kind of yeah yeah you know i had those yeah but but the depiction of night terrors that i saw which was pretty recent um i was there's a show that came out on netflix and it's called evil i don't know if you heard of it oh i've heard of it i haven't watched it yet though yeah if you don't like scary um okay perfect but you did say you like kind of like religious horror right yeah i do um this is like more of like a psychological thriller too like it it's you know it has those nuances i think so you might enjoy it yeah well because i can do stuff like you know like sabrina or you know like that kind of stuff this is like a little this i guess it would be a little scarier than sabrina but it's oh okay i'd be fine that'd be yeah yeah so, but there was a good depiction, a recurring depiction in the show of Night Terrors, but this was like, more, you know, she was asleep and there was this demon that would come to her, a really creepy, scary looking demon that would come to her in her sleep and she couldn't move and there was nothing she could do about it. So she was having, 
you know, a night terror. And obviously in the context of the show, it was terrifying because, you know, you just imagine somebody, you know, a, a demon, an evil entity coming to you while you're asleep when you have the like inability to move and she would wake up like the demon would just like something to her and she would wake up and she would have like the markings on her. Uh, you know, because she, she she was a psychologist too, and she tried to convince herself that okay, I'm having a night terror. This isn't real, and the demon, of course, would be talking to her like, yes, it is real. You want to feel, you know, if it's real, and like again, yeah, she would wake up with the marks on her, and it was just really, really bad. Um, but like even in watching that, I'm like, oh my god, like that's that's awful. I can see why you know people. Um, I, I can see why the sufferings in in with night terrors is obviously awful obviously not everybody has that um go on in their night terror but it's it's still like all of it is is terrible oh, um yeah. i've had lucid in- have you had lucid dreams yeah i've had some dreams because but it didn't last for long mm, um yeah so i've, I've had, had those. yeah i've had dr- a lot of dreams a lot of dreams where i guess i was kind of lucid dreaming um, I knew I was dreaming and I could control things to a certain degree, but it just never seemed to last long. It felt like it only lasted like a couple minutes. I'd wake up, you know, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. I'd be so pissed because I was like, oh, I want to go back to my dream. Um, but uh, yeah, I, so I've had a couple of lucid dreams, but it just doesn't last long at all, uh, unfortunately. But I think that whole thing is pretty cool too, because that's oh, like yeah. super, super fun. Um, oh, anytime yeah. I've had dreams about things that I've been writing, it's also cool. Like, oh, yes. I just I've feel like that. that's like, you know, the writing gods talking to me, like, right, right. You know, like, oh my God, I have to write, the-. especially when it's like, I, I'll, I'll be writing something, I'll go to sleep and like I'll dream of the next scene, but like you're, yes. I'm seeing the characters, I'm seeing like what's happening. It's unreal. It's yeah. so vivid. It's like a movie. And then I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, I have to write this. You know? Yes. Um, yes. I get that all like the time. The best. the best is when it's like writer, when you have like writer's block. Like uh, this has happened to me where I've written some stuff and I've been like, oh, I can't. Like I just have really bad writer's block. And then I'll go to sleep and it'll be like, oh, well, I just need to give my brain a break because it told me where I needed to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have had nightmares, though. A lot of nightmares. Um, I remember when I was younger, I had a recurring nightmare so much so. Um, it was a very small synopsis. It was like my parents would a lot of times when I was growing up, my parents would have these house parties on the weekends. Um, and they would always have like all their friends over, lots and lots of people over. And, you know, all their friends would bring all their kids. And it was like a big house party. And anyway, in my recurring nightmare, um, this party would be going on, but there was one woman and she was like this evil witch. And like, Ooh. I would always be able to tell that she was like purely evil, but nobody else could see her like true face, you know? Ooh. And she would, I would always look at her and then she'd spot me and then like she'd come after me and nobody would be able to tell that like she was this evil woman. So like every night I had this recurring dream and it was like so disturbing to me as a little girl. And it got to a point where my mom was, got, I guess she was so concerned that she took me to a therapist. This is the first <gasps> time, um, which was really interesting because like in my family, it was like kind of taboo thing, you know, going to therapy right. or going to psychologist or something. But she, I guess, I don't know, maybe I talked about it too much. Maybe I don't know what happened, but she took me there 
And I just remember going there one time, like playing with the little wooden, you know, that the little wooden game thing yeah. that they used to have in those doctor's offices, playing with that. And like this guy was talking to me. I don't remember what he said to me. Um, but yeah, I went there one time and then I just, after a while I stopped having those, um, recurring dreams, but I never forgot it. Huh. Um, so it's really weird, but like, that's interesting. Yeah. But, but I wonder I was, if the therapy, do you think the therapy like did anything to I don't maybe know. stop them or I don't know. That's I don't really know. I don't remember. Ooh, I'd like to know more about that. Yeah. I don't remember. Um, and I asked my mom about it one time, like she, she was very reluctant to talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> so like, I, I have no clue. Um, but other than that, I have had a lot of nightmares over the years. Actually, just last night I had a nightmare and <gasps> that was like kind of past trauma, but I don't have flashbacks. So like, it, it's oh. just like conceptual. Like I, you know, I've experienced some sexual trauma. And so in my dream, it was like, I was walking into a place and like everyone, like I was walking into a crowd and like, it was a crowd of men, but like everybody was trying Ooh, to like, touch already. my clothes. Like, like, you know what I mean? And I was trying to get away from them. Ugh, I was like, stop yeah. touching me, stop touching me. And then I just woke up. So it's like, kind of like that. It's like, it, it's a nuance of trauma, but it's not like a, a real flashback. Thank God. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, oh yeah. I don't want to, yeah, that's, 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 that sucks. Um, but stuff like that sometimes and like other times, um, and I, I honestly don't, it's weird to say that, but I, that's more tame to me than like having what I consider to be a real nightmare because, uh, I think, I think like some of my worst nightmares would probably be like anything involving like a scary, uh, situation a creature a monster which is really juvenile <laughs> almost but like in my head I could I don't know why my mind is able to create these like really like fearful looking um uh evil sort of like monster things <laughs> but right. I, I think for some reason my brain is just really good at it um and then it always puts me in a situation where I start off the dream with like a group of people. It's always like friends, family, whoever. And either they end up getting away or they end up getting killed, but I'm always the last one left. And I think huh. because that concept is very scary to me, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I always go off and hide somewhere and other people like get away or other people escape or they get killed, but then the last one left. So you're just left with that terror feeling like oh my gosh like you know what I mean I'm going to die kind of thing and oh. um it's just always like awful like that so those are the nature of like my more scary nightmares or what I consider to be my more scary nightmares um it's stuff like that well that's interesting because my first thought is was to ask you are you afraid to be by yourself like to be alone but you know no, seem no. Like I love being I'm alone that's either. the weird part I love I being love alone being alone love like it. it's not a problem for me and it doesn't seem like it would be for you either so that's no, so interesting it's no it's not but but I think in the in situations where I think like if I have to if I'm with my family if I'm with people that I care about and I'm separated from them. I think there's something about that that would scare yeah. me because there's an because I have abandonment issues as well. Oh, and so, yes. okay. so and I'm I'm weird about it because I'm not like a I have abandonment issues, but I'm not like 
because because I feel like there's two ways you can go with that. One right. um, is that you can become a very clingy person. You don't want to let go of people. And another is is where I'm more at, where you become you you as a self defense mechanism don't attach don't get attached easily and don't want to get attached to people because you don't want to experience them abandoning you which is more where I lie so because the dream starts off with me feeling comfortably attached to the people that I'm with and then in some respect them abandoning me not on purpose but like just how the dream plays out I think is what makes that aloneness scary to me because now I feel abandoned. Uh, I feel, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I think that's what it is. That makes total sense to me because I feel like I would be very similar. I do. I feel like I would be very similar because I have that same thing where it's like, for me though, I think it's more of like, um, I know that I can, to a certain extent, trust these people more than I trust anybody else. And I also like these people and these are like, people that I really, really care about. And to me, there's something inherently horrible about having to watch them die. Like that to me is worse than my own death. So that would be like the horror part of it for me. Mm, yeah. I, I, and it's interesting that you say, because in those dreams, like I never really watched them die. I usually, if, if I know that they got killed, it's just like a mental thing. For some reason, my brain will just like, okay, I know that they've gotten killed. I never really watched them die. It's always oh, like, well, that's but it's always like, I know they're gone. And I think that's, okay. again, that's like the scary part of it. It's like, they're gone now. And now I'm by myself. So now I'm alone. Yeah. And now I'm in, the, in a, a bad situation. And that's like, it, it's when I think about it deeply, I'm like, okay, that's, that's the scary part. That's the horror that my brain is developing is like, you don't like to be abandoned and you feel and and not only abandoned, but now you're left in a situation where you feel that there's some threat or danger or whatever. So now you're alone. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. No. And it makes total sense. It makes, that's so interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. I really like that, (laughs) that I, no, I really like, no, I, I just enjoy, um, talking about it because I I learned so much just like about me and I find you know I learned stuff about other people too and it's just interesting I just like learning about it yeah it's just interesting to explore those ideas yeah it's funny that um as we talk about this it it also makes me think like okay it's, it's really interesting that your mental health issues like my issues with abandonment or, or whatever can have an impact on, again, on your own dreams, even on your yes. daydreams or like your nightmares even are, can be centered around those feelings, those feelings of, uh, you know, the things that disturb you the most in yeah. your brain, knowing it and turning that into some kind of a nightmare. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know, I don't know why, um, two, two, two things there for me that are interesting. I don't know why, um, your brain creates these nightmares. I don't know if it's to force you to confront something that you try to avoid all the time. Um, because it, in a sense, like it's forcing me to confront the notion of a situation where you feel abandoned and threatened, um, it, which is a, a fear. Or I also don't know how your brain is able to come up with the things that it's able to come up with, which I don't think it'll take, it'll be, you know, maybe be forever oh, yeah. uh, well, where, I've where heard... anyone is able to figure that out. Oh yeah. 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 Well, cause I've heard that dreams are a 
collection of things and experiences that we've seen throughout our lives. They say that, which I get, right, but, but I it's don't, also like yeah, some but there things is are some, so unique. Yeah. See, and I was going to say the same thing. Like, it makes sense to me that that would be the case, but I'm pretty sure I've never seen like a squid monster tentacled octopus, like starfish situation all blunt. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I get, I'll, I'll buy into that for some stuff, but for other stuff, where's oh, that coming from? You know, from? it's freaky about it too. There are some creatures, monsters that children around the world commonly see that do the same things that act the same way that have the same um that come to you in the same fashion where kids all around the world from different cultures societies are seeing different things living different day-to-day lives they all are having these same sort of like fears and nightmares and drawing the same things so for me it's like hmm you know like that that's very uh interesting um the whole concept of monsters and and things like that um are is interesting to me and the fact that children get plagued with them the most is also very interesting to me because like adults have nightmares but a lot of times children have more nightmares than adults and they tend to have the same types of nightmares so it's very like yeah "Hmm." yeah that's always sort of fascinated me too like the whole collective consciousness thing. Yeah. But then it's like, that okay. coupled with dreams and then like specifically in children, that's always been like, what is happening here? Like that just, it's oh, so interesting. I mean, you know, that, that concept album that Billie Eilish did where it's like, it was called when we all fall asleep, where do we go? That question to me is very interesting because that's a question yes. I've often pondered myself. Um, where do we go? Because this is, if this is a world but it's a different place, right? It is different place. Like people say, yeah, it's your subconscious, but what is that? Why is it able to have this ability to create, you know, even in your daydreams too, but like to create this completely alternate reality and even turn it against you in a way, right? Like it was a nightmare, turn it against you in a way and have it be something that's terrorizing you. Where are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I've all, well, I've heard several things. And one of them is that like, uh, so one theory, I don't even remember what the theory is, but it like, it, it explains dreams. And what it is, is it's, it's this idea that like, um, every time you dream, you go into an alternate universe. So like, if you're in a nightmare, then it's a nightmare universe. Like that's an, like, so like part of the multiverse kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I wonder if it's a, I kind of am more leaning towards that. It's a, cause your brain can protect you. So it, it's a form of protectionism that your brain is doing this because your brain is creating all of these things. And I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that like it understands that this is what you're creating. You're creating a nightmare scenario right now. So, but we're not going to let you like live it out. So that's why like when you're about to die, you just wake up. Or like Isn't when you're just that, first falling? of all, the whole thing of that is interesting too, right? Why, right. why do why does that happen? Why don't we die in our dreams? Why why does that happen? Because if you, if I go with your theory that when you're dreaming, you are in an alternate universe, perhaps being dead is also another 
alternate universe yes. that if you if you die you would end up in that place and you don't want to end up in that place because you're not dead so like you wake up but right. if you do end up in that place because some people die in their dreams you know because like their heart stops or whatever maybe maybe they died in their dream you know which is like an old old folk tale whatever yeah like maybe they ended up in that place and they're like stuck in that place now you know what I mean like right like and that's why you wake up but like that's first of all scary technovolve like fucking weird <laughs> right <laughs> well, I've heard that like the reason that we don't die in our dreams and like we wake up is because we don't know what happens to us after we die. We don't have that experience. We don't know what happens to us. So that's but why you we have wake a, up because our brain belief, can't though. fill that in. You have but, a belief though. I don't Right. Buy that's that what I was going like, to say. My argument have, to that is. Yeah. But even if I don't know, I still have an idea of like what you I have would an want say like it, heaven right? to be like or whatever, you know? Yeah, you have an imagination of it. Like you have a concept to draw on because that's what your whole dream is doing. Is like you have these these hidden ideals in yourself, and yeah. it's drawing on those. So like a lot of people have very strong beliefs about what happens. So right. if that were the case, you would go to that place. But again, I'm I'm going with your first theory, which is like I think that if you did go to that place, you'd be stuck in it. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I love that. Well, now I want to daydream about what happens in that place. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> oh, maybe not in the nightmare scenario. We're going to start with something mellow, like we end up on a beach or something, you know? Yeah, there's a there's a um, movie. Uh, what is it called? Insidious. Um, oh, have Inception? You seen it? Or Insidious? No, Insidious. Oh, no, never seen it. Okay, so that's a horror movie. Um, loosely, the concept is that there is a little boy. I think his name is Dalton, and he... Um, basically they're in this house, which is like creepy in and of itself. And he hits his head on something like he falls, he hits his head, whatever. And first of all, he's a lucid dreamer. He, um, oh, no. yeah, he's a lucid dreamer. And so he's often like, like he does all these drawings about the places that he goes in his sleep and st stuff like that. He's a lucid dreamer. And so anyway, he hits his head. So he becomes like in a coma. And he's in his house, he's sleeping, he's in a coma. And basically the, the concept of the movie is that he has gone, he, because in his dream, he's able to control his dreams. He's been exploring all these different places in his dreams. And he went to this, this place of the dead. He didn't know that he was Oops. there. Uh, you know, he kind of stumbled upon that place by mistake. And right. he went there and he's like now stuck there. And that's why he's in the coma. And the and the the more time he spends Ooh, no. there, the weaker his body gets. And those those dead people from that place know that he's alive and know that he has a live body. And they're trying to come and inhabit his body. You know what I mean? So that they could be alive Ooh, instead of him. And so that's actually a very interesting concept. Yeah. I do. And then his father huh. was used to be a lucid dreamer and had like the same kind of problem. And so in order to help him, this you know, woman came in and like kind of hypnotized him or did something to help him to no longer lucidly dream so that he doesn't end up in that place anymore and nothing happens to him. But in order to get his son back, he had to, you know, kind of go into that lucid dreaming state to retrieve his son from like this dead place before oh. these like evil entities come and inhabit his son's body. And it was very scary, very interesting. And it has hmm. that same concept of like it, that, that place was called the further 
and oh. it was like it was like fucking creepy um but it had that same concept which you know again tells you that not we're not the only people thinking about this right stuff. exactly um but yeah right so it, like it kind of is in line with with what you the theory you presented yeah 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 obviously i have no idea if any of this is actually true right just... and and it is, of course i mean these are all theories but like but <laughs> that's dreams, also interesting guys. when you think about a coma i'm just making too. stuff up <laughs> That's also interesting when you think about a coma too, because when you think about a coma and you think about there being brain activity, this is like the closest to dead while still being alive position that you could possibly be. And so it's like, where are you? Yeah. You know? that's no, interesting you. i would I'm love to know me. and people that. people who wake up from a coma they never know they have brain activity but they don't know what the fuck like they don't remember yeah, yeah so it's no. like it like they can hear you if you're in a coma you can like talk to them and like read to them and stuff uh-huh. but when they wake up they have no concept of like time like it's, no. it's kind of like what happened like why am i in the hospital what do exactly. you you know like i was just driving and now all of a sudden I'm in the hospital what happened like that's the exactly which is interesting because every theory presented about death and heaven if they always explore this concept that like you don't actually there's no concept of time in these places that everybody right. who presents like an afterlife uh no matter what afterlife it is heaven hell wherever they always say that there's no concept of time in these places so it's interesting that when you go into that coma state and you wake up you have no concept of time that's interesting. right and i also think like when you deeply sleep like for me um, sometimes I'm a deep sleeper, uh, more often than not. So when I, when I just fall asleep, like not at night, just like it could be a night, but not expectedly to fall, you just fell asleep. A lot of times there's sometimes I'll wake up because I was so deeply asleep and I'll just be like, where am I? Well, you know, like what the fuck happened? Right. Mom, like where, where am I? You know? And I'll have those moments sometimes when I'm very, very deeply asleep. So just to imagine in a coma, then you you wake up. It's like, yeah, you could you have no concept of time. So that's like that's interesting to me because it's like, oh, where the fuck were you? Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's just so well, that's one of the cool things about like dreams is that you can go in so many different directions. So you know many saying? different directions. It's like a choose your own adventure novel. You it remember literally, those? Yeah, literally is a choose your own adventure. Well, if you're lucid. Well, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> if you're not, true. your brain is choosing the adventure. Some some other reader is choosing the adventure. Can you imagine an alternate universe where nope. someone is choosing the adventure for you? Bad, 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 bad. Nope. I don't like that because <laughs> I like to have control and that means I have no control and yeah. I don't like that feeling. That makes me feel not good. <laughs> oh, okay, no. well, well, we want to explore that trigger. <laughs> oh no, it's a trick. It's, it's not a trigger. It's fine. I just don't, I, I love exploring that stuff. It's just one of those things where it's like, I know I would not do well in that world. Like if that world exists, I'm not doing great over there because I don't like to, I don't like the idea of that. I don't have control. You know, I like to feel like I have some sort of control over what I'm doing. I have agency. I like having agency. Yeah, I love the idea presented in Inception, which is very yes. interesting because I what I love the most was that the idea that all of these shadow characters in your head, like you're walking down the street, there's people passing by. You never, ever pay attention to those people because uh, supposedly they don't have real faces. They're just kind of like the the concept of like a crowd or, you know, whatever. Right. 
And right. and then the idea of inception is if you look at these people, if you acknowledge these people, they all attack you. Yeah. I thought that was really fucking interesting. And oh my gosh, yes. I have picked a piece. Uh, I love that movie so much. I just found the whole I love Christopher Nolan's Inception. It's just so I hate that people just kind of was like dismissed it almost as like I don't I don't, yeah. I don't get that movie. But it's like shut the fuck up. Honestly, right. like look at something for what it is. I I really love the idea that that it made me the movie made me value the fact that like you could have thoughts as a human being and yes. be able to keep them to yourself and have dreams and keep them to yourself um and like we were talking about earlier with daydreams because they're so personal the fact that you can keep them to yourself at all is it the movie made me value it because the idea that somebody else like governments and other people thieves and things like that could go into your brain and steal information was a very scary concept and it made me appreciate like oh that we have this wall up that we have our own personal private place to go right. to at the very least where people yes. can't access us because yeah. that's the only place where you're not seeing ads to be honest like think right? about it as a human being you're fucking seeing advertisements commercials everywhere you look everything that you're listening to and your dream is the only place that you know you're, you're really not exposed to everything that to outside influences right. this is your place you know? I was going to say, you're also not forced to interact with other people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a solo place. And even like beyond dreams, beyond daydreams, it's like even your thoughts, your own thoughts, like this is your place. People can't get into it. They can't know your secrets. They can't know information that you're keeping to yourself. Right. Isn't that so beautiful? And such I love it. Uh, a privilege you know I'm I'm you know the movie again made me appreciate that because I'm like I never really you know thought about it or appreciated it before until that concept was presented of like what if people figure yeah. out how to hack into that shit you know where would that leave you oh I love it it makes me I love that movie I have dissected that movie in so many different ways it's just so it's just so interesting to me. And I love the idea of it. And I like to play with it. I like to play with that idea. The what ifs. Oh, yeah. And even, okay, so even if we explore the idea of like, what happens when you can't tell that when those lines right. become blurred, you know, when people become quote unquote crazy, because those two worlds, because your, your, your concept was talking about it as a multiverse. Yeah. When those two worlds collide with each other, and it puts someone into like a psychotic state because they cannot differentiate between because it blends essentially that's what it is right it's it's blending those two worlds together mm -hmm. now it, there is something that's not real in a world that's real and right. you're the only one experiencing it but it's like in the same space as like your reality so those two worlds are actually colliding at that point and you can't right. differentiate where you are you know oh That's yeah interesting too. I've played with that idea I love that idea because to me I've gotten I don't know I assume I can say this um I've gotten so like high before where I it was very difficult for me to figure out what was like I was hallucinating to the point where it was very hard for me to figure out what was reality and what wasn't and some people will say well you can you know reality because you can touch stuff like if I can oh feel God. it then it's real that didn't work for me because it's in that heightened state of like yeah. hallucin of like hallucinating yeah. because it felt real everything felt real 
Um, and so I couldn't, that was one of the things that I, but how I grounded myself in that situation was I basically just said, okay, if nothing is real, then everything is real, which means I now have to decide what universe I'm going to live in. And that's sort of what it was like, all of a sudden I was, I gave myself that choice of like, well, now I get to choose which branch reality I'm going into. Um, and I allowed myself to kind of just be like, all right, we're just going to walk this way kind of a thing. And as it went on, I was able to sort of get back to this world. <laughs> but that's interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. But I just don't, I mean, but I would imagine that it's a very similar thing if you're yeah. experiencing like a break with reality. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that like you do feel like, well, I mean, <laughs> everything feels real. So that means nothing is real. So now what, you know, that loop of now what, now what, now, you know, like, yeah, I mean, two things there, too, is like, one, you hear people when, you know, they're geniuses, whatever, they're called geniuses, right. and they start to talk, when, when people start to head into like an enlightened state, sometimes they end up going what we call crazy, because mm -hmm. they start to mess with the concept of reality a lot more, and they start to explore it, and they're like, well, is this even real? And once they start dying that line of questioning, it sort of drives them a little bit what we would call insane. Yeah. Um, and so I find that interesting. And then also like, I've been also uh, high, but that didn't happen as much as when I was disassociating. There was, Ooh, I remember distinctly yes. like I had a disassociative episode, which was really scary. And I felt like I was in a car. Okay, so I was in a car and I felt like I was floating, first of all. That was the first thing. Like I felt Ooh. like I was kind of floating off my seat. And I just felt like I was you know, people talk about being tethered to reality. I felt like I was being untethered. I was like, ah. uh, it felt like, you know, you're in a, you're, you're holding onto a balloon, like, and you're just like floating away and you want to get down, but you can't. That's what it felt like. And I felt like I was sort of like, I felt like my brain was slowly like, you know, you're losing, you're disconnecting with everything. Like you're losing this concept of reality. And I was trying desperately to hold on to it. I kept looking out the window, like, okay, no, like, like, I have to stay here. You know what I mean? Like, right. it sounds fucking oh my nuts. Goodness. But I was like, I have to stay here like this is and I tried to touch things, you know, like, um, like you were saying to try to ground myself and like, no, no, no. And it was so scary. And I, I didn't want to say anything. I was in the car with my family. And my mom would kept looking at me because I was kind of fidgeting. And she was just like, uh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And she's like, she knows they have anxieties. So she's like, oh, you're going to be okay. Like, she, you know what I mean? And I was just like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm fine. But I was literally fucking freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my fucking mind. Like, I just felt like if I hadn't continued to like, in a weird way, grip onto like the stuff that I, I knew was real, that I would just completely lose connection with reality and go completely out of my mind. And it was such a scary thing. And I don't think for people listening, if you have never dissociated before, you might not understand what I'm saying, but for people who have, like, it is fucking, it was fucking scary as hell. It was scary as hell. 
I can't imagine it happening while I'm driving. That's just terrible. I wasn't driving. I thank God. I wasn't driving. I think if I was no, traffic, I know, but I mean, just like horrible. even in a moving vehicle, like yeah, that would just yeah. scare me so much. It was awful. It was awful. I had a lot of anxiety attacks and um certain like things happening in a in a car for some reason. I don't know why. Mm. Um Interesting. It was, yeah, it was, it's really interesting. Like, but I've had a lot of anxiety attacks, a lot of, um, you know, different episodes like happen to me in a car. Like I would always start to feel uncomfortable while I'm in a car, which is interesting because I was born in a car. <laughs> My mom didn't no, make it to the so hospital. Cute. I was born in, in a car, but I don't know. I just sometimes feel very, like, I, I don't know why. Um, and it's so bizarre to me. It's so bizarre, but I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I can't freely leave whenever I want to, because you're in a moving vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that. I don't know, but it's just it, it. That's that's something that's very um that's a common denominator for me. But Interesting. yeah. Hmm. That's so cool. You were born in a car. Yeah. <laughs> You're the first yeah. person I've ever met that's been born in a car. That's so cool. I've never. Oh, thank you. You awesome. know, it's the little things. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, that whole, but, but good dreams too. Good dreams happen. I mean, we talked about nightmares, we talk about um, daydreams and all these things, lucid dreams. But, you know, good dreams happen too, which is also very interesting um, as mm-hmm. well like the fact that we can have these good dreams because people are more willing to accept good dreams for obvious reason. Um, and, but there's like, sometimes it's outlandish concepts as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it can take you back to places like, uh, oh, you know, okay, here's another thing too I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, dreaming about people who are dead. Isn't that interesting? Yes. I have done that before. like conversations with those people and yep. being able to in your your brain reanimating those people to speak to you in their voices that you remember and like the, even if they were gone a long time ago the fact that your brain is able to draw on how they would act in a certain situation and what they would wear what they would do what they would say and and the weird concept that a lot of people talk about of those people giving them advice mm-hmm. or or even telling them that it was their time or saying that they, they can't wait to see them like weird shit. Right. No, I've had, I've had several of those experiences. Um, I remember there was one time it wasn't me, but I was there when it happened. Um, a sister, one of my sisters um, had drawn a picture of my grandfather who, this is weird, was dead before she was born. Whoa. So she never met him. I know. It was so weird. I was like, huh, interesting. That's cool. And she like explained the whole thing. She was like, oh yeah, this is, because this was when she was real little and she had, she she had like drawn a picture of him, you know, like in class or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was like, it's you know, this is who he, this is who it is. And this is, and I mean, she got like, you know, even as a very little kid, she got the, the names, right. The, um, and I was like, like, even like the clothes, she was like, and then he wore this and this and this. And it was like one of those things that it was like, unless you knew him, you wouldn't have known that 
he had yeah. worn that like it was weird stuff like that it was so yeah yeah that's uh, crazy. it's just weird <laughs> it, it's just so strange how like sometimes those things can happen and you're just like but because I remember my brain kind of breaking a little bit going wait you didn't know him what yeah that's creepy that's fucking creepy um I've dreamed of of some people who have passed on like already I've dreamed like of my grandmother and things like that but I I didn't dream the, about about them in any negative light. I know that people sometimes have dreams of the dead where it's like really weird. They'll try to tell you to follow them somewhere or do something fucking creepy. You know what I mean? Um, but I just dreamed of her like situationally, like oh okay, we're all gathered together as a family and she's there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Stuff that hasn't really, you know, fortunately for me, hasn't really been um, like scary stuff. But mm. I know that, you know, some people do have those scary dreams about people. Um, sometimes people dream of uh, almost like a premonition. They're, they'll dream of somebody, you know, saying that they've died or whatever. And then they, they find out the next day or something, you know what I mean? That the person mm-hmm. has passed away. Like there's instances where that happens a lot to different people. Um, but it could just be their brain preparing them. Maybe they knew the person was sick or maybe whatever. Um, but I also find that whole thing interesting. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it's so weird. It's so bizarre. Like dreams are just cool. They're just they're like cool. really, they're cool. They're very, they're cool. just a very, like, it's almost one of those, like it's unexplored kind of thing, which makes it really interesting to me because it's like a lot of people haven't like, it's just not one of those things that I, you hear about a lot kind of a thing. No, it's not something that you hear about a lot. It's not something people understand. Nobody mm-hmm. has cracked the code on him, which I, I'm perfectly fine right. with. Um, <laughs> I it's one of the reasons why you know just throwing it out there that I love like stuff like the ocean, things like that. I love mysterious Ooh, things. Yeah. I love things that people haven't cracked the code. I like that nobody's gone down to the bottom of that and like uh, discovered all the sea oh, life and yeah. everything there i love reading about like oh some crazy like sea creature that they've they've discovered at like uh you know a very um deep depth that they didn't even know about that's like really crazy looking i love that shit because for me it's like now you have this like vast thing that you don't understand i think there's something very beautiful about it um you know the human thirst for knowledge never really ends but I, I love things that are still mysterious. And the Unexplored. human mind is one of those. Yeah. A human mind is one of those oh, things. Yeah. Like it's still quite mysterious and like, um, we don't understand it. I think that's cool. I like it. I don't want to fucking crack the code. <laughs> I, I like it. I love it. It makes me really happy to learn about all those kinds of things. I love the brain because so much of the brain is unexplained. I, I mean, the fact that we don't even use it, you know, use the oh, whole thing yeah. is kind of crazy. And that the, the people who are more intelligent use, like, when you look at the brain of a genius, are using a higher percentage, but they're not even using, you know, the whole thing. So it's like, whoa, like, imagine if you were, you know, oh, yeah. um, that whole, all of that stuff is like crazy. You know? Yeah, it just makes me, it makes me really excited. I love to learn about those kinds of things. I love to read about it. I love to, basically do research i'm a nerd basically (laughs) (laughs) i mean we all have our interests you know um so yeah but yeah i mean this has been a great conversation about dreams and daydreams and lucid dreams and where we can go with those things and how even our mental health like 
plays into, you know, those, oh, absolutely. those different concepts because it does. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wonder, by the way, that how across the different mental illnesses, the different spectrums that we have, especially stuff that people like to study a lot, like uh, psych- psychopaths, mm-hmm. sociopaths, people like that, that, you know, um, don't have the conscious what we what we think of as a, more of a conscious or empathy or whatever what they dream about oh, yeah. wouldn't you love to know what like a psychopath yes about daydream yes. we can you know okay we can we can surmise what they might daydream about but like what when but they like go- no for sure like yeah but when they go be... to sleep like where do they go because what's scary to what them? if it's like but what if it's like not what if what if it's just like it's like happy sunshine rainbows and unicorns like what if it's like like what if it's the opposite like if you're a more like if you're just a darker person like in general what if like you you tend to like daydream or like dream more happy things light yeah but then like if you're more of an upbeat positive like like it's a scale I don't know it could be, it could be, but I wonder what their nightmare is. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. is, if you're a psychopath, like serial killer psychopath, what is your nightmare? What's the nightmare that you have? That's, oh, that yeah. would be so interesting to know what scares you. What's your nightmare? Um, is it, is it past trauma that you dream of? Or if it's something outside, what is it? What right. is scary? I wonder if what it's like a physical you? thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like maybe they just dream, like maybe their nightmare is just full of like, they're like really scared of spiders or something, you know, like maybe that's like a physical thing. I don't know. Oh, I want to know though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like that would be somebody or even somebody that you, you call clinically insane where they have to be kind of locked up. What are are their dreams? Like, what are they dreaming about? Yeah. What's going on upstairs? Yeah. That would be, oh, I want to know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and those the thing about those people is that they probably would never really tell you right yeah right <laughs> which exactly. is which is interesting yeah oh man but yeah <sighs> this is this has been a riveting conversation we haven't cracked the code on anything which i'm perfectly no. fine with i just love talking <laughs> about um all this stuff which i feel like a lot of people haven't really um too much explored um but yeah, it was really fun to talk about that with you, Abigail. I, I really oh, fully thank you. enjoyed it. I had so it. much fun. I'm so glad. All right. So before we go, please tell everyone again, your podcast, where they can find it, all of your socials, where they can follow you and any new projects or anything that you have in the works that you would like everybody to check out. Oh, okay. So we are um, the Manic Pixie Weirdo. Um, at protonmail.com is the email address. Um, I'm going to start doing like uh, What's Up Weirdo Wednesdays. So it's just like a, it's going to be a really small show um, where I just shout out if you want. So if you want a personal shout out, uh, email us at the email address, the manic pixie weirdo at protonmail.com. Or you can DM us at uh, the Twitter handle is at MP Weirdo Podcast. And the Instagram handle is the underscore main underscore weirdo one. Um, if so if you want a personal shout out, then uh, I'll shout you out then. Uh, we have a new sequence or like a new segment, I guess, uh, getting released this Tuesday. So look out for that. It's going to be really interesting and fun. I hope everybody likes it. It's new. So please Exciting. be patient. Yeah. <laughs> Bear with us. It's the first one. 
Um, so I don't know how it's, I don't know if it's going to be awesome or if it's going to be horrible, but we'll find out. Um, and you can just find us all at the, all the things, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Um, all the things. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, please, everyone do go check out the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast. Again, 10 out of 10 would recommend it. A lot of interesting topics discussed on that show so please check it out subscribe show some love and abigail thanks again for joining today this has been again such a fun interesting introspective conversation and you're invited back anytime on the show whenever thank you so much and i have a scheduled meeting with you on wednesday so i'm excited to talk to you then too yes i will be on the manic pixie weirdo show uh we'll be recording on wednesday i will tweet about whenever that episode drops so be sure to follow me on twitter and you will have access whenever that episode drops to hear our conversation cool thank you so much i had so much fun thank you (laughs) bye Bye. All right, babies, that is it for this week's episode of Stress, Depressed, and Anxious. It was so much fun to record. Please go ahead and show Abigail some love. If you have not heard of or have not checked out the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast, go ahead and do that now. It is 10 10 out of 10 worth the listen and subscribe. And um, if you go ahead and you do that, please be sure to show Abigail some love. Go follow her on her social media and let her know that you are enjoying her show as well. Please be sure to also follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at SD underscore anxious. I am highly active on Twitter. So please consider going on there, following me if you're not already and interacting with me because I love to hear from you. My DMs are open if you want to send me a message. Also, I do have a a Instagram as well. At SD anxious is where you can find me on Instagram. Um, again, I want to mention that I have dropped that first Patreon exclusive episode. I'm really excited about it. I've had a Patreon for quite some time, but I haven't really dropped an exclusive episode. Um, so I have dropped one on there. It's really raw and exposing. So I just, uh, wanted to share that with my Patreon members only. So go ahead and check that out. Um, you can find the link to my Patreon on the website, stressdepressedanxious.com. If you scroll down, if, if you're on your phone, you'll be able to click the Patreon link. Or if you're on your computer, you can see it on the sidebar and just go ahead and click join Patreon. And there are so many, um, benefits for you there as well. So I definitely look forward to your support in that regard. And again, that's that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, I look forward to putting out this weekly Wednesday blog for you all. Um, if you didn't know, I am posting every Wednesday. I'm putting out a blog post where I just kind of share my thoughts, my freeform thoughts with you all. Please go to the website and consider signing up for the mailing list so that you can be alerted when I post these every single Wednesday okay, to help get you through the week. So I would love your support there as well. And I am wishing you a day, month, week, year free of stress, depression, and anxiety. As always, I love you all so much. Until next time, bye.